0: Hello and welcome to another Mat Chat podcast with me, Mina, where I invite friends to sit on a yoga mat with me as it were and share thoughts on all things well being. My intention is to leave you feeling empowered. If you want to know more about what I do and the personal Mat Chat yoga practice I offer, then please visit my website meena Today I've invited my friend Sarah onto the mat a keen yogi herself, she's also a multi-faith minister, spiritual counsellor, and founder of Zephorium Soul Tonic.
1: Hi Mina. I'm really excited to chat with you today about this topic. Um, I've been thinking quite a lot about it. You know, what do we do when we're thrown off our centre? And probably like you, I get lots of questions from people about how do you find your way back to feeling good when something has happened? Um, that's difficult or that you just feel that maybe you're having a rough day you wake up with that kind of mindset where everything is not okay so I'm just curious what what do you actually do Mina when you find yourself thrown off centre?
0: I actually uh, uh, in the past I have to admit that um, my tendency would be to offload to friends basically so um, when something would happen and I would feel challenged and um, not managing I would I would just throw it back out there you know I would I would contact somebody and say oh god this is this thing has happened and it, I feel terrible and I don't know what I should do with it and very much yeah offloading onto that person get it all out off my chest and then get on with my day feeling loads better now whether the other person went then off on their day feeling better I'm not really sure but um that was certainly. Uh, kind of there as, as a sort of go-to uh, coping mechanism, if you like. But um, And obviously, having friends is lovely. I mean, we do. it's natural to lean into the people who love you and support you. But um, I also um, have a dog, and um, I have found now, I've had this dog for five years. In the last five years, I have found how therapeutic and how absolutely calming and stabilizing it is to walk with him outside and being in nature that for me personally has a very calming effect and obviously the advantage of being with a dog is that um, I can talk to Barley and he doesn't talk back so I can offload in exactly the same way but perhaps without somebody else um, walking or feeling bad on the back of it so he's great to be with and I think nature connects you with feeling a a part of the bigger thing and then maybe the problem that's happened doesn't feel so overwhelming and um and then actually just lastly on the back of that Sarah is um I'm a yoga teacher so I have a yoga practice and I have found that to be absolutely invaluable in in um, bringing me back to that center when I'm feeling like I've been um, pushed off base a little bit so what do you do
1: well I think I think it's so interesting. I mean, it's really making me laugh hearing you say about um, offloading onto friends. I think we've all done that one and I was quite a master at it. So these days I look at it as sort of energetically vomiting over everybody, um, which is not pleasant for them. But as you say, it's the thing that you resist. But once you've vomited, you feel hugely better and everyone else is left clearing it up. So I try not to do that anymore. Um, what I've learnt is really that I need to watch my thinking so when I'm feeling really rough I feel that my mind is always the instigator of that because what's the difference I can wake up feeling happy or I can wake up feeling sad Um, the only difference is my thoughts so I, I have to watch that and because I come from a history of family of addiction I have to really watch that my thoughts don't run away with themselves um so I spend time just managing my thinking. What an important thing for me to do is to slow down because I find that if I'm feeling really crappy or I'm feeling um, not quite right in myself, that I'm usually starting to spin. so that would be addictive spinning. I start getting busy, over committing, overbooking, overthinking. and so, I have to stop myself from doing that by just slowing down. And the way I would do that is usually through meditation or through like you doing yoga or exercise. And of course, going outside because nature has its own rhythms. And what I find is if I can tune into the rhythms of nature, then it calms me back down to being in balance. And I feel a part of the universe rather than this little freaky being who's running around. Putting a hair out about things that probably don't really matter very much. Um, so that's what I tend to do. But I have found over the years it's really important to have a practice or a few different things that I do that bring me back to that center.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm curious about your meditation there, uh, Sarah, because I have found, um, and even as a yoga teacher, I do find meditation quite challenging. So well you know what kind of meditation do you actually do? Because there are quite a few different ways of coming about that. So what is it that you do that help you know that works for you in meditation?
1: Well, I have a few different uh I, I te- teach meditation and have done for 20 years. So it's something I, I've actually been meditating for 30 years. And um, the very first time I meditated, I had a complete freak out experience because My body relaxed and I realized that I'd never had a relaxed body. I was so uptight and tense all the time. And this was in my uh, middle 20s. And suddenly I had an experience where my body relaxed, my mind relaxed, and I felt totally out of control. So from that moment on, I went and trained with a Buddhist monk to learn how to meditate, a female monk, when I was living in Windsor. And that was a really amazing experience in learning to still the mind. But what I've found is if I don't do it ongoing, that I go back into my old patterns. Mm -hmm. So it's a practice that I need to do daily. So I've been meditating for at least 20 minutes, half an hour every day for a very long time. I love the Abraham Hicks uh, meditations. I love the Joe Dispenza meditations. I've got meditations that I've channeled, which I use. um, And sometimes I just like to be in complete silence. So a good way for me to focus my mind is to be in a room with nothing happening, no noise happening and just watching those thoughts and following my breath. So that's I do lots of things. I've come to my own way of working with it, but they work. How about you, Mina?
0: Yes, I mean, interestingly, um, uh, over the course of my sort of yoga journey, I have tried different forms of meditation, you know, visualization, listening to music, um, uh, you know, f- focused thinking, one-pointedness, and I-, I think it was the discipline, and-, and as you say, you have to keep doing it for it to really start to to, to affect you so that you do feel automatically calm when when you start. Um What happened to me was um, I hadn't mastered though, a regular practice until I then broke my arm last September. And actually I quite literally had to come to a full stop. I had no option being completely incapacitated and not being able to move very much, at least not initially, that um, I had to be still. I had no choice but to be still, physically still. And in that physical stillness, that gave me the space and the permission to um, read and to actually start to seriously work with meditation. And I'm really glad that you mentioned um, Dr. Joe Dispenza there because, of course, I then read uh, his book um, and started to do his meditation because I wasn't going anywhere and I was in a lot of pain and I felt I really needed to, to, to heal myself in that way. And from that accident, I have now developed this meditation practice that I now love doing every day, finding the time isn't a problem. Um, It's there and very effective. So I've kind of come at meditation from a place of of pain and before I was resistant, but now it is absolutely fabulous to have that practice. And now I lean into it for, well, not specifically to, to deal with pain, but just because it calms me down and therefore, I am less likely to be thrown off center when something happens. I've al- I've already got that that presence of being centered, so that when the shit happens, I'm able to just kind of go, oh, okay, this has happened. I don't have to panic. I don't have to phone a friend. I don't have to talk at my dog. You know, it's it's okay. I can just I can just handle it in myself.
1: I think that's such a wonderful way of, of describing it. And I I I think for me it's very similar. I suffered from depression when I was younger uh, very severely. And it used to be like falling into a black hole with a bottomless pit. It just went on. I would sink into the blackness, and there was no, it felt as if there was no way out. And I think a lot of people struggle with um, their states of mind. Obviously, we're we're hearing a lot of it more and more. But what what we need to acquire is a discipline of practice and I think this is something that many people find hard to do because it does take effort so that if you do feel yourself sliding off into depression or anxiety or fear you have it's almost as if instead of falling into a a black hole with no bottom there are these landing stations and the landing station could be meditation Can be yoga, it can be walking out with nature, whatever works for you, but so that you have something that you land on rather than just free falling. And I find that incredibly helpful. So you need discipline to be able to establish them in the first place. And this is why all the great yoga teachers and meditators have said forever you have to meditate every day Mm -hmm. so that you don't fall into an abyss. And I, for me that's been probably the biggest help that I've ever had is learning how to you know as I said work with my mind work with meditation slow myself down and not get caught up in the spinning of this incredible universe that we're in so um, I think I think there are many ways that you can do that and whatever you do knitting I mean you and you and I have both discovered knitting and my lockdown jumper is finished and wonderful and that's something that's very therapeutic and I think you said to me once that it's very good for the brain.
0: Yes it is and I can tell I can just uh, you know vouch for your um, knitting by uh, saying to the audience that you're wearing your jumper now and it looks fabulous so good job (laughs) Uh, and, and it is and knitting is is actually a form of of stillness, isn't it? You, it's it's a form of one pointedness. You are doing a, an activity with your knitting, and I I just love it as well. If I've ever got any moments of the day where um, there's any gaps or whatever, I love just sitting there and, and knitting, and I get all these lovely thoughts. I, still, it actually instills in me quite a bit of creativity because it's when I'm, when my mind is is has stopped and I'm just knitting, it then creates that mental space of oh, maybe I can come up with this yoga sequence next week for the class, or, or maybe I can think of this for my book. And I have a little post-it notepad always next to me when I'm knitting, um, where I can just jot down thoughts as I'm knitting, any helpful ideas, I just capture those. Uh, and it's really beautiful. And the other thing is, um, I have found with yoga and things that you do regularly, just to come back to your point of how it's really important to be have a regular practice, is that I absolutely swear by this, no matter how rubbish I'm feeling, no matter how tired I'm feeling or low I'm feeling. So whether it's a physical thing or a mental dip, I always feel better after yoga. And I say this to my students, you know, sometimes they're like, oh gosh, I've really found it hard to come to your class or whatever. But they all say the same. They all feel better after yoga. They sleep better or they feel more energized or whatever. And I think that is the thing. You've just got to trust that the, the the practice will serve you and you know no matter what is going on and to to just back away from the resisting if you put in the effort you will get the reward
1: yeah I I, I do concur with that I think that the um the, the the way that we exercise and move the body is essential to feeling good you know we're not stones we're not rocks we're not trees we're meant to be moving and bending and swaying and stretching and Also remembering when I was little and I started to get my first periods, I used to get the most terrible, terrible stomach aches. And my mum used to always say to me, go out and get exercise, you'll feel better for it. I used to just want to curl up in a ball on the sofa with a hot water bottle. And she used to say, go and play tennis, go and do this. And she was always right because moving and stretching just eases everything off. Um, Another way that I come back to my centre is painting. So if I'm feeling stressed if the business is you know overwhelming me or if I feel I don't know quite what to do in life I lock myself in what I call the cat's bedroom with my paintings and I start painting. And that's similar I think to what you were just saying now about journaling. You touched on it but getting things out of your head is is really important and onto a piece of paper and then you can let it go. But for me, when I'm painting, I think allowing creativity to emerge is essential. Another part of being a human is to be creative. You are, in my opinion, creation creating itself. So anything you can do that's making, that's knitting, painting, yoga, exercising, anything that inspires you, cooking, cooking, just get out there and start doing get off the sofa and get doing because that's when you know that the universe is flowing through you i don't know what you think about that mean
0: <laughs> yeah no i i agree i i think if we just uh stay within the thoughts then obviously that's what we'll do we'll stay within the thoughts and and in the in the issues but um you are a multi-faith um, practitioner uh, um, a minister And um, I wanted to ask you about prayer. Um, Is prayer something that um, is helpful here? I mean, more perhaps in the religious sense, but it's kind of related a little bit to meditation, isn't it? Could you just kind of share a little bit what you think about prayer?
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, I I think of prayer as a form of asking. I don't associate it with religion at all. So prayer for me is... Coming to conclusions of what you want and then asking for help in getting them. And I think often we get very tied up with who are we praying to, which I think is quite irrelevant to anything. You can pray to whoever you want to. It doesn't make any difference because prayers seem to be heard whatever denomination you are or whether you have no faith, it doesn't matter. But if you just put it out into the universe of what you're wanting, You know, so you might just say, I really need help with feeling happier, or I really need help with getting a new job, whatever it might be, that is a prayer. As I get older, I tend to think that actually all of our thinking is a prayer, the good and the bad. So whatever we're thinking about, we are sending into the universe as a signal, which the universe then responds to and gives us more of the same. And I think because the universe adores us so much, Um, I think using Abraham's quote, something like, um, you know, you're you're so free that you can create misery. Um, And I love I love that kind of quote because it really reminds me that whatever I'm thinking is a prayer. If you think that, as I do, that we are all the creator. I don't see a creator out there. I see a creator in here in each person. So if we are all the creator, then everything we think, say, do and feel. Must be a prayer. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a bit out there, but that's how I see it. So, prayer is really important when you're feeling awful. And many times I have got down on my knees and said, Dear God, just help me now, now, you know, just sort it out now. And really meant it. And I think the more you mean it, the faster it definitely comes to you. And sometimes, like you said, when you've broken your arm and you're stuck indoors, there's nowhere to go. That's when you start to really think, what do I want here? And your prayer would have been, I want my bone healed fast. Mm. And I think I'm sure a lot of our um, listeners will be thinking, yeah, actually, it was only when I was on my knees that I really meant what I said, that I need help and I need it now. So faith to me and prayer are just about living a life of integrity and the more you can be in integrity with your beliefs and with your feelings then your prayers will be answered and that I think that's our challenge isn't it because we're usually so fickle and conflicting and weird and mad and crazy in all our thoughts and feelings that you know what actually are you asking for
0: yeah, I think that's true. And I, in, in fact, just listening to you talking there, I, I was reminded of a time, maybe you remember it, we were out on a dog walk together and I was very upset about something. I was very talk about off my center and um, I just was really lost. I'd fallen into that bottomless uh, hole that you've described. And you said to me, Mina, why don't you just hand it over to the universe? Why don't you just hand it over? You are clinging, you are just, you know, you need to detach and just hand it over. And I actually really understood more about what that really meant when I broke my arm and I had that stillness and I had plenty of time to think about m- me and my relationship in the bigger picture. You know, w- the whole the whole big, big story uh, about something greater than me. I became quite reflective, in fact, during this healing experience. And I remembered that, that thing that you said to me about just handing it over. And I think that in a way is also another thing we can do, isn't it, when we're off center. You just, you have to sort of surrender and trust. This is really hard to do. And I'm not sort of saying, yeah, just go, that sounds really easy, but I mean, profoundly, like you said, with emotional intention, deep, profound intention to surrender and just trust that whatever the challenge is, whatever you need to get through, it will be all right. It's all part of the bigger picture. You've got the universe has got your back and that it'll be it'll be well. And I think this is something, perhaps a more subtle tool that people don't think about necessarily. I think calling a friend is a bit, <laughs> it seems a bit more sort of, yeah, that, that'll be really effective. But this thing that's more subtle about reflecting and just say, why don't I just... Have the belief, have the faith that this is going to be all right and hand it over to something greater, to the universe. And I'm sure that you've, you know, ha- haven't you had something similar experiences like this?
1: Yes, I think that's such a great point. The um, first thing I just want to add to that is the thing about having a really good friend. A really good friend does not join you in your misery. And that's something we do for each other and it's really great isn't it we call each other out on our doomy gloomy fallen into our pits we we won't have it for each other and i am so grateful when you do that for me when you say to me okay sarah you're in your story i'm not going there with you climb out of it and then let's talk and it's something that you know i do for you which is wonderful uh, as well Um, but yes surrender and trust to me seems to come on in many layers you know you think you've surrendered and trusted and you're busy getting on with your life and then you're asked to surrender to another level particularly people like us who've had you know difficult childhoods in terms of family dynamics because it wasn't safe there wasn't much to trust and so we've had to really learn that and I think Often I've thought, right, I've got a handle on surrender and trust now. That's it, that's sorted. And then something else happens, and off I go again.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's taken me a lifetime. And I'm I'm not being dramatic. It's taken me my lifetime to come to this point of not just understanding what surrendering and trusting actually is, but then allowing myself to do it, to to lean into the surrender and trust and the thing that's greater than me, the universe in this way, and feeling comforted so profoundly when I think of things in this way. And it has taken away all my fear. You know, I was quite a fearful person and you know, during my life, it was always like, oh, if if something if that happens, I'll never cope. You know, well, that thing there better not happen because I couldn't possibly manage that. I was constantly my my leading in my life. My life approach was, uh, that, that thing, whatever it is, it mustn't happen to me because then the whole I'd fall apart. And what I discovered was those things happened because I welcomed those things, didn't I? I was sending out the energy saying. These are things that I definitely, you know, they're going to crack me if that happens, and so I created the, that very thing. So these things did happen, hugely challenging things happened to me, and I got through it. And so I think the surrendering and trust is a is a much longer journey. Like you say, you you think you've like got it. Oh yeah, I'm totally on top of that now. Now it'll be fine. And then it's like, well, no, no, now this bigger thing is gonna happen to you and you're gonna learn a bit more about surrendering, trusting. And it becomes almost like, a. it'll come, these challenges then become almost like a joyful experience because you're like, oh, here's this terrible thing that's just happened. Well, I know now how to really deal with that. And I think this broken arm of mine absolutely was, an experience that just took me straight into the heart of what surrender and trust really meant. Because as you described there, before I broke my arm, I was in that, got it sorted. Yeah, it's all done. I can manage anything. And then I had the accident and it took me in on a completely different level. And now I feel profoundly transformed by it and um, in a different place to go forward to face whatever else happens. And I think, that's that's exactly the thing isn't it oh i know
1: i'm i'm laughing to myself because you know everything that we think that we can't deal with we can and all our everything that we're longing for is the other side of our resistance everything and so the resistance has to be battered down and the joy of having wisdom of live lived full lives as we have is that we can begin to see a broader picture and that's I guess the final surrender is when we leave our physical body and we just let go and move on. And that is it, isn't it? But until we get to that place, we're battling with our egos and we're trying to work out what resistance is and isn't, trying to resist things happening either personally or in the world. But with our broader perspective, I think what we can really come to know is that all is very, very well even if it doesn't seem like it, even if you've got your smashed up arm, it's all okay. Yeah, it
0: is. And, and I think, you know, that subject of battling your ego, I mean, right there, Sarah, that's a whole other podcast that we're going to be doing at some point, aren't we? <laughs> the, the ego that that comes in and, and tells you all manner of, of, frankly, unhelpful things like, oh, you won't cope if that happens. And, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, and all the help is out there. And of what we're discovering is actually a lot of the help is within and things that we've been discussing in this session about uh, yoga and meditation and prayer, um, watching our thoughts. These are all inward internal it's all within us to do these things and including surrendering and trusting and having the faith so by all means i love my friends and you know i love you and we will continue to support each other but again always reminding each other that ultimately it's 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 in us and that's that's the nice thing isn't it so when we're off center it's just it's a transitory thing and we know that it'll it'll come back
1: well, that's a wonderful way, I think, to end today. I mean, for me, it's raised about 12 other topics that we can talk about <laughs> with great experience and enthusiasm. But that was has been really helpful for me. And I've loved hearing your story as well, Mina. So until the next time, thank you and see you then. Yes,
0: I'll see you then. Bye.
1: Bye.